Welcome to Foundation Friday number 41. Last week we talked about the development of point guards. Well, this week let's flip it and let's talk about the development of post players. Now, I fully realize and I am on board with the analytical train and the way that the game has changed and evolved. The involvement of the traditional back-to-the-basket post player is not what it once was. However, when you have a traditional back-to-the-basket post player in your program, and we as high school coaches, for the large part, do not have a choice in that matter. These kids are our kids. We can't trade them. We can't waive them. We can't sign them as free agents. So when we do have that back-to-the-basket post player, we have to develop that kid, especially if they are really effective at what they do. So still in the high school game, there is a time and a place to have that traditional back-to-the-basket post player. And if you have one of those kids, you have to be willing to use them, and you have to be able to use them. So let's go through some things here on post-play development. First of all, what's what's essential for post players? Number one, they got to have strong skills. They got to have Uh, the ability to finish, soft hands, they've got to have touch, all of those things. Number two, they got to love contact. They got to love getting down there, creating contact with somebody, finding a seal, finding an angle, and going up and finishing. And number three, they got to have a desire for the basketball. I would emphasize to my back to the basket post players, you have the right to be selfish down there. When you have a good seal, when you've got somebody pinned, it is your job to be selfish and demand the basketball. Now, when you get those post touches with that back to the basket post player, what does that do for your team? How does that benefit your team? First of all, it really opens up your perimeter. Uh, And and in some ways, things have swung so far the other way where everybody's going four and five out that teams have come up with schemes and kids have, have to a degree learned how to defend five out dribble penetration, loading to the basketball, that type of thing. What is not as good with the absence of traditional back to the basket post players is traditional post defense. So that can open up your perimeter and teams are not going to be as good as defend, at defending the post because they haven't had to do it as much. So you open up the perimeter, you open up drives to the basket and open up cutting lanes and passing lanes for, for players to cut or, or beat people off the bounce. And that's going to open up your set shots, your catch and shoots, especially if you're forcing double teams down on the post play. Uh, watch Djokovic for the Denver Nuggets. They went through a stretch last night in Game 7 against Utah, uh, and even Mark Jackson said it. Five punch, I can figure that out. They're going to post up Jokic, force the double team, swing it around, and find the open guy. So that is going to open that up. So what should be the rules for your post players? Well, we had five basic rules for our post players when we had back-to-the-basket post kids. First of all, you've got to draw contact. You've got to put your body on the defender first. You have to be able to get that contact so that you can take that defender where you want them to go, to steer them where you want to go. Second thing is a great stance. You need to get in, and and we used to copy it, and again, I I, I coached women's basketball and girls' basketball for the most part in my career, so we focused on the female aspect of it, but there was a gal at Stanford about 15 years ago named Jane Appel, who was just terrific at at getting squared up, getting her shoulders square, elbows out. I mean, it was picture-perfect stuff. Uh, Don Meyer often talked about Michael Doliak, uh, and he used to call it Doliak post-ups. You know, you could go McHale there in that regard, but... We would work on that, and we would say PDP, PDP. That meant for us, 
plant, drop, pivot, and then demand the ball. So we'd say PDP ball, all right? So you'd plant your foot, your right or left foot, as you're coming into your defender, okay? Preferably right in between their feet. You go, you, you plant that, let's say you're planting your right foot, you plant that right foot right in between their feet. You D for drop, you're dropping your butt, you're dropping your butt and you're getting in that good stance, you're getting your elbows out, you're getting your hands up, and then you pivot on that foot, you reverse pivot, and you open up big and wide, and then ball, and you're demanding the basketball. So you would see that angle, and we would just work on that. PDP ball, all right? PDP ball, plant, drop, pivot, ball. And, and the first thing we did the first day of practice every year with our post players was work on PDPs. No defense, stepping in, posting up, demanding it, okay? The next thing you do, once you catch it, you gotta chin it. Okay, that's the third rule. You gotta chin it, you gotta get yourself squared up, you gotta catch the ball with both hands, you gotta be strong with it. Fourth thing, really simple, you gotta shoot it. Okay, you gotta shoot it, you gotta work on your touch, you gotta be, you know, finish simply. Keep it simple. Have a move and a counter in the post, and then maybe a third a third move out of that. Okay, so you're gonna have a, a, a basic move, a counter to that, and if you got somebody that's really advanced, have one more and you go from there. And then the fifth thing is we would remind our kids, and the first four are the most important. This is why we put this one last, use the glass. If you've got an angle to use the glass, doggone it, put that ball up on the glass. All right. Now, some tips as far as defending uh, or developing your post players in practice. What are some things that you can do in practice to help develop them uh, above and beyond the basics that we just went through, kind of the five steps of developing your post? First of all, you need to have contact with your post players during post drills, whether that's a good football pad, whether that's another defender. They have to go live. They've got to get that contact. They've got to get that feel for the angles and feeling for that, what they want, okay? Make sure that you are posting not on the block. Kids are going to go straight for the block, and that limits their angles. We had to work really hard with our kids, uh, with our back-to-the-basket post players, to get to the first hash, and that'll give you better angles to use the glass, to use your drop steps, to go to the middle. So use that. The easiest place to post is actually in the middle of the lane. So if you can get in a situation, and we had a couple of sets that we could run against man or zone, where we would get kids posted up in the middle of the lane so they could read the entire floor. Not only is that middle of the lane, that Manhattan real estate, important for your dribble drive and your perimeter players, but it's also important for your post players. Anytime that you are front fronted, the, the last thing here, last little tip, when your kids get fronted, Go ahead and accept the front. Push that front out and give yourself space. Hold firm. Get that lead hand up. Get that guide hand up. Go ahead and let them front you. And that's when you when you start seeing consistent fronts, that's when you work on that high-low action and you get that high hand up and you, you hit that target. And those, those perimeter kids have to hit that high target. And speaking of perimeter kids, of course, back to the basket post players need great perimeter passers to get them ball in a situation where it's advantageous for them to score. So along with working with other post players on the block, you've got to really break down entering that ball with guard post breakdowns and, and specific drills of getting that ball inside to your post kids. Post kids have to be verbal. They have to show their hands. They've got to put their hands where they want the basketball. And then your perimeter kids have to be able to to deliver in that spot. The the perimeter kids, especially when there's the, the angle, when it's not a full front, where it's a three-quarter or a full behind, they've got to see both numbers of the front of the jersey of the post player before they deliver the basketball to them. After that, 
after your perimeter kids finish uh, feed the post player, they need to move without the basketball. Cut, whether it's a basket cut, whether it's a crackback. Golden State was very famous for running their split action where the kid, uh, the, the player, the perimeter player would enter it, and then they would go screen for the next perimeter player, and that person would cut, and the, the screener could pop or they would slip to the basket. Look up uh, Golden State split action on YouTube, and you're going to see some really, really good stuff. Guards have to make sure, the perimeter players have to make sure that they have a great angle. They need to work on getting that angle, keeping their dribble hot until they get the angle that they want to feed the post player. With your post kids, you need to concentrate on their feet. It's all about footwork. Footwork, footwork, for, and that's the very, you know, we talked about PDP. It's plant, okay? It's plant and pivot. Two of the three things are footwork associated, okay? And you can be big, you can be strong, you can be athletic, but if you don't have footwork in the post, it's not going to work nearly as well. It's the same thing as an offensive lineman. You can be the biggest, strongest offensive lineman you can possibly be, but if you don't have great footwork in the offensive line, you are not going to be nearly as good as you could be. The other thing, the last thing we'll say about tips here in this regard, limit your dribbles in the post area. Coach Naki always said, you know, you get one dribble in the post. You got one dribble to make a move. Otherwise, people are going to double and triple down, and they're going to rip you down there. It's going to get tipped away, that type of thing. So whatever moves that you're working on with your post players, they've got to be quick, they've got to be decisive, and they got to be one or zero post moves, whether that's a hook shot, whether that's a, a, a Sigma face-up and knock down the jump shot off the glass, whatever you're teaching your kids, whatever is best for them, drop steps to the baseline side one or less dribbles. Uh, you're, you're not going to have Kevin McHale. You're not going to have Akeem Olajuwon. You need to simplify, simplify, simplify with those post players. The last thing, regardless of skill, if your post players are willing to work hard, here's a way that you can get 11 points out of your post kids every single game. A post player, if they're willing to work hard, can get 11 points a game. And here's how they do it, by three simple steps. Number one, they run transition block to block in four to five seconds, depending on your level, depending on your gender. But if they can go block to block and just sprint the floor every single time, they're going to get, on average, one layup a half just by sprinting from rim to rim. So there's four points right there. If you get, if you hit the offensive glass hard, and if you work hard and you can get five offensive rebounds a game, and that takes a lot of hard work to get five offensive boards a game, but if you can get four or five offensive rebounds a game and put back two points, or put a, get two putbacks, excuse me, there's four more points. Okay, Then you're working hard on either one of those or your post game, and you draw contact and you get to the free throw line four, five, six times a game. Let's say you get there six times a game and you're just at bare minimum a 50% free throw shooter, you make three out of six. If you have a kid that does those three things, run the floor hard rim to rim, work the offensive glass, and posts hard and draws contact and creates contact so they get to the free throw line on a consistent basis, there's your 11 points a game without finishing one post move in any way, shape, or form. The post player will come back. 
at some point there's going to be somebody like a Shaq, uh, like an Elijah Wan in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Jokic is is there to a degree. Now he's a little bit more versatile, but he can go back to the basket. You're gonna. It's a copycat game. And let's say something crazy happens and the Nuggets go off and win an NBA championship, and and Jokic does what he's capable of doing, or or a Nurkic does something for Portland at some point, or or, or a player of that type. The post play is going to come back to it. And as high school coaches, we know that we have to play the best hand that we're dealt. And if one of our best five players is a back-to-the-basket post player, we've got to get get them out there. And we've got to find a way to get them the basketball and improve their skill to complement the rest of the team. So there's some tips on developing post players. If you're listening, of course, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you're on iTunes or SoundCloud, uh, be sure to like, rate, review, give us five stars. Again, the mission of a pen and a napkin is to help as many coaches get better and to hone their craft. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. We try to put daily stuff up there on the Twitter page. Coaches, as always, let's pray for peace, let's stay safe, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. 